The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan and now back to the podcast spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase with a wide selection of coins paper money supplies and more Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste Use promo code SPRING at LittletonCoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Well, hello, everybody. I am re-releasing this episode with the good morning girls, Sal and M. I adore these two. They have the best podcasts. The Good Morning Grief podcast is one of my favorites. It's really good for people, obviously, that have lost somebody. And they actually have a new book that has come out. And I know that that's going to be released in the United States in the upcoming months. And I'm such a fan of theirs. So why not re-release this episode? Their book is called Good morning, M-O-U-R-N hyphen I-N-G, Sally Douglas and Imogene Karn. And I am excited to read this book. They sent it to me and it will be released in May in the States. And like I said, I'm a big fan of them both. Before you listen to this episode, please take some time if you can, and you like the podcast and you listen every week to head over to Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen and leave me a quick review. It's always appreciated. It's super easy. It takes one minute to do. Hopefully you're following the show. And you can leave me a quick review. I also have episodes that are going to be up on Patreon. So you can join Patreon. And as always, love you guys. Love your support. And here is my episode with Sal and M from the Good Morning Podcast. We've all been put here for a reason. And we all deserve acceptance. 
Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age, and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening to Judging Megan. Hi, everyone. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. You know, usually I start the podcast with a a funny story before I go into the things that can be really serious that I talk about. And I will tell you that the the re- most recent shooting has kept me up for the past it happened like what 3 days ago 2 days ago from when i'm recording i have been up and i was terrified i didn't want to send my kids to school the other day i i drove in the parking lot and i thought for a second about not letting them get out of the car because i was so upset about this um my two guests are coming on today. They are not um, American. They have fabulous accents. I can already tell I'm going to be obsessed with them. But I'm going to tell you, I would like their opinions on this because this is not happening in other countries. And I, me being an, a mental health advocate and all about mental health awareness and doing everything I can to break the stigma on mental health There should be laws in place to protect citizens, especially young children that are supposed to be able to go to school safely and be dropped off by their parents. And just you, they shouldn't be killed at school. So um, I am going to introduce you to Sally Douglas and Imogen Karn, known as Sal and M. And they are both also podcasters. Their podcast is called Good Morning Podcast, which, by the way, is the best name for a podcast I've ever heard because morning, listen to this, is not spelled like morning. It is spelled like morning, like M-O-U-R-N. So I thought that was pretty, pretty good. How are you both doing, first of all? Hey, Megan. It's so nice to join you today and we are doing okay. Thank you. Hi, Megan. I'm here. Um, We are in Australia at the moment and it's, yeah, lovely to be on your podcast. Okay. But I also want to tell you, I want to have your accents, which I said before we recorded. (laughs) They're so cool. I just hate having the accent that I do. And then I talk to you and I'm like, God, we really have bad accents in the States. Um, You've got a great accent. No accent. Stop it. Stop it. I love listening to American podcasts. I love it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Really? Okay. Well, I hate to like just I quickly I'll get your opinions on this because um I know you don't want to get political. I don't even want to get political. And that's the thing that stinks. But I'm a mom and like I'm all about protecting my babies and I think everybody is and and for us not to be able to feel safe and there's been 288 schools that have been affected by these shootings since Sandy Hook and Columbine something needs to change so um I wanted to ask you both because you live outside of the states and you don't have these problems in Australia do you, can you give me your two cents on your thoughts on this 
as a mum as well, and as someone who's experienced a violent loss, like I felt absolutely devastated for the families when I heard the news. And I don't think, you know, we will ever, we will never know the specific pain and trauma that the families in the community of Uvalde are going through. But when you experience loss, I think it does increase your empathy for others who are navigating such an impossible Thing. And I think the grief was felt collectively across the globe and our hearts just go out to everyone who was impacted by this tragic event. It's absolutely terrifying. And I think, you know, we, we could we could sit here and say, I can't imagine, but we can imagine. I think we could imagine what that's like being terrified to send your child to school. And, and we're so sorry that you guys are going through that. No, I appreciate that. I think that, um, I think that it's, you know, in the world, like these are moments when people need to like reach out and, and help each other and exchange ideas. And no matter where you stand politically in the United States, I'm going to talk about this shouldn't be a political issue. This should be a human issue. Um, and I think that no matter where you live in the world, I'm, I would hope that people feel the same way. So I'm just going to change the subject and I would like to go into, I would like to, I've first of all, never interviewed two people at the same time. So this is a first for me. <laughs> Welcome. You'll be great. <laughs> we'll try not know. to I'm talk like, over each other. But <laughs> I kind of feel like we're in the Brady Bunch right now, like in the squares. Did you ever see the Brady Bunch? <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're like yeah. looking up. At, okay. So that's how I feel. But um. Let's talk about why you both started the podcast. I know that you've both gone through your your own um, fair share of trauma and grief, and hence why you started a podcast in COVID as well. I started in 2020 as well. So I think we both are on the same page. We're both on the same avenue about what we're trying to do and helping other people and normalizing mental health. So why don't we start there? Absolutely. I think we started our podcast in September 2020. So I think it was a similar time to you. Yeah. Um, so a bit about our story. So Im and I, uh, we both lost our mums when we were in our early 30s. So I'll let Im sort of tell her story. Um, but my story is my mum died suddenly. Um, she died by something called SUDEP, which stands for Sudden and Unexpected Death in Epilepsy. Um, she was healthy. She had epilepsy, but, it, you know, it was never um, anything that was life threatening for her. And, yeah, she had a sudden prolonged seizure. And I woke up one morning and I got a phone call at 6 a.m. to say your mum's passed away. And that you know, I found myself on a flight 6 a.m. the next morning flying back to the U.K., where I'm originally from, to to deal with the death and sort her estate out. And the grief was incredible it was just such a deep shock I think you don't expect to lose somebody so close to you suddenly we're not prepared for it and I certainly didn't expect to lose my mum in my early 30s and then yeah my grief was overwhelming and I came to meet Imogen through a support group I'll let him sort of tell her story and the kind of story of how we came to meet but um, yeah it I, I kind of how we came to be was grounded in in sudden loss and, and the shock of that. Well, number one, I'm going to let you speak as well, Em, but I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, it's awful. And I don't think any, I don't think as humans, we all know it's part of life, right? Um, sadly, my husband mm -hmm. 
just lost his mom literally over the weekend. Um, and it was I'm sudden, so sudden loss, like awful, didn't expect it. And it, um, I am dealing with the beginning stages of, of his grief. And even though I've walked those streets, I like to say before, I'm sure you both feel this way. You, you just don't, in some ways you don't want to be reminded. It's like the worst thing to, to, to know that somebody else is going through it and never knowing the right thing to say or do is another part of it. But I am so sorry to hear that. Um, but I want to hear M's what happened with you, M, as well. Yeah, it was very sudden and very traumatic um, for me. So I was a new mom. I had a nine-month-old baby at the time, um, my daughter Layla, and my mom uh, took her own life. And it was something that I could never have even imagined like being an option for her. Like she is the last person on this earth that I could have ever imagined doing something like that. And um, I've learned the hard way that suicide doesn't discriminate. Um, it can happen to anyone. Um, she was going through, I think what I call, what what is called circumstantial or situational depression. So she didn't mm-hmm. suffer from any previous mental health issues. It was just literally her circumstances had changed. She was going through a really awful situation and she couldn't see a way forward. And um, it was just absolutely devastating. And I've just tried to <laughs> rebuild my life ever since. And it's been just over two years now and, it, and it's it's been really hard. But um, meeting Sal has changed my life in so many ways and having good morning to focus on um, has been like life-saving for me and just being able to help other people going through loss has just been such a gift. Um, mm-hmm. So as Sal mentioned, we met through our loss. So we met uh, through a support group called Motherless Daughters and we weren't really support group type of people. <laughs> like I feel like we have mates and we have a good support network, but I, I think um, we really craved a connection with someone who could really understand what we were going through and relate to um, that was outside of our family. And um, yeah, we met and it was just like this instant connection. And we we often say that we feel like our mums brought us together like uh, make, making it happen. So I always say to Sal, like she, she's literally like my mom's perfect ideal child. Like so many things of her are the same as my mom's. They've got similar hobbies. And like, yeah, I just feel like if my mom were to put somebody in my life to do grief with, it would be Sal. So I really feel like she's been such a gift for me through all, through all of this. And likewise. And yeah. it's, it's so lonely grief when you're going through grief, any kind of loss even if you have a support network around you, it it can sometimes still feel really isolating. And I think that's what Im and I both felt like we have mates, we have family members, but there's a loneliness because you can be you can feel lonely when you have people that don't connect with what you're experiencing. And that's what we both felt. I think sometimes people equate loneliness with thinking that you don't have any friends or any support. But I think when you're going through a loss, you know, we were in our early 30s. None of our peers had really had had experienced sudden loss on the level that we had. So we just really craved that connection. Somebody that understood the shock, the pain, the grief, the trauma. Um, and that's what brought us together. And you know, when you just vibe with someone, you've probably <laughs> had it, Megan, right? Where you just you just vibe. And we kind of had that connection. Um, 
So we started meeting up for coffees and wines and um, talking about grief. And, you know, we would chat about what was going on for us. You know, are you going through this? Oh, my God, yes, me too. You know, all of those kind of the little things that I think sometimes when you're grieving, you sit there and wonder, is it just me? Is this normal? You know, should I be feeling this way? Uh, Is it normal to have all these million emotions in like one day? And Im and I just connected on so many levels. And we kind of said, surely there must be so many people who are grieving and are feeling lonely too. And and like we were talking about earlier, we were just coming off the back of like the first lockdown, the first wave of the pandemic. And grief was kind of a little bit more at the forefront for a lot of people. So we were kind of like, what can we do to help other people going through this? Because I think when you're it's not until you're in grief that you realize how little we talk about it or how people just shuffle around the subject and feel super awkward. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things, right? And I'm sure you found it with the, the topic of trauma as well. Like, you know, it's like people just don't know what to say. So that's kind of how the idea for Good Morning was born. Like, let's start a platform where we can talk about the taboo topics, but in a way like you, Megan, that has a bit of humor in it because you kind of need the you need a bit of humor to get you through the dark times. I feel like number one, and I'm so sorry for your story. I, I don't know if you know this, but I part of why I started this podcast is because I was suicidal um, several years ago. And mine was also trauma like based from my early childhood. Like I had major, major PTSD from some events that took place, but also situational. And so Mm -hmm. one of the most important things for me as a podcaster, as somebody that has a platform that people actually listen to, which is always shocking to me, um, is to, to, to normalize talking about your feelings, depression, and also like people don't talk about being suicidal. It's Mm -hmm. like embarrassing. It's like, oh my God, she's crazy. Like, no, I'm not crazy. I wasn't crazy. I went through a really freaking shitty situation. It sounds like your mom was in a bad situation. And sometimes people feel like there's no way out, you know, and that, and like, sadly, it's the worst kind of pain to feel that way. And I felt that like where I was obsessed with it and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And So I, I'm so sorry to hear that because the trauma that it has caused you and, you know, people that take their own lives are almost made to be villains and selfish and all of these things. And it's not fair that number one, because to be in the amount of pain that you're in and feeling that way, nobody can understand unless they have been there. I'll say that. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're here today. (laughs) Thank yeah. you for being here today and for sharing your experience and being so open and honest about it because you never know who who that's going to help because people don't talk about this sort of stuff openly. So, yeah, I'm glad that you No, they up. don't. <laughs> and it's like we have so many cases recently, like Naomi Judd, for example, or yeah. that beauty yeah. queen or, I mean, the counts, I mean, the suicide rates have like skyrocketed since COVID. And, mm. um, and, and the more that people talk about it and you share about your your mom. Um, and, and it's not like you're some kind of like crazy villain or bad or whatever society puts on people that go through this or have encountered the feelings or the thoughts or lost somebody to it. It's unfair. It's all unfair. 
It's all unfair. And then the second thing I wanted to say is I am so jealous because to be able to be able to have the gift, which I believe your mothers did because I'm all about signs and stuff and, and spiritual. And I believe they probably did put you together and to have somebody to be in that exact spot in the grieving process, you know, Mm -hmm. like I've grieved in my own life. Um, my grieving took place with my best friend many years ago. And I, so I haven't knock on wood, had a loss like you have in recent years, but I also don't want to be reminded of it. So like this little reminder we've had in with my husband and he's in the very beginning stages of it. People don't, you, it's almost like you don't remember and you don't want to remember. Does that make sense? So to have somebody by your side, Because you never know, like, you don't want to say the wrong things in front of your kids or your family, or you might burst out crying, or you Mm -hmm. might put a bra in the dishwasher by an accident, or, (laughs) you know, like all the things that you do. Um, I just have to tell you how amazed I am by both of you and what a gift it is to go through that together and then turn it around and start the podcast and do what you're doing. You're my kind of gals. You really are. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you um, so much. That means a lot. Sure. So I, so tell me about, um, tell me more about like what, like why you, I, I, I hate to like separate it and it's difficult to like tell each story, but when you both met and you were in this like process of the very beginning stages of grieving, how, like, how did you, even meet and like what did you talk about and if I have listeners which I know I do that might be in the beginning stages of of losing someone what what is your advice for telling people what to do or where to go like how did you even know to find motherless daughters like tell me a little bit about that gosh looking like thinking back it's like kind of a blur like I don't even know what we talked about we talk for hours and hours and hours about grief so lots of fun us, <laughs> but I think yeah. like, um, I was me personally, I was desperate to find anything that was going to give me the, you know, slightest feeling of like hope or peace or understanding. I just like, I was, I was always on the internet Googling things in the middle of the night. Like I just, you know, I was buying all the books, <laughs> just doing everything that I could to try and get help because I felt like I, I couldn't survive what I was going through. Um, and I came across this um, support group through a book called Motherless Daughters, which is by Hope Edelman. And um, so that's how I, that's how I found the support group, just online Googling all night. <laughs> but it's really hard to find resources that related to us. Like we, we struggled. And I think that was, you know, one of the big reasons why we created Good Morning, because there's a lot of literature out there, but a lot of it didn't really resonate with us. Like we wanted to hear people our age going through what we were going through and like talking about all the elements of grief. Like you mentioned before, putting a bra in the dishwasher or whatever, like the grief brain fog, I can't even say it properly, um, that can come with grief and the exhaustion and all of those things. And I think that's what Sal and I talked about all the time was just how horrendous we felt and like how just out of body it felt sometimes. And um, just, it was just so good to have someone that could relate, yeah, to all of those things. And we just, yeah, talk about that for hours and hours. And what was it like, Sal, for you, like 
going through, you found this, this support group, but, and you met each other and it is, you know, what's really wild is women like can be such freaking nightmares. Like I've gone through like the worst friend, friend breakup and dealt with like the bitchiest. Sorry, I cuss on this podcast sometimes. The oh, bitchiest we do too, don't worry. <laughs> okay, well, I um, like women can be so awful to one another, like just tear each other to pieces not care. I don't know what it is. I'm still trying to figure out. I have two daughters and I'm like, Oh God, you're going through what I went through. I don't wish that upon anyone. Um, but we also have the ability to like be so caring and nurturing and kind to each other. Like not every woman is like that, but there are so many great women. And then when you find your kind, especially like, it sounds like you both touched on and obviously are so close now, that bond is so mm-hmm. tremendous and special. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Im and I, like our friendship is one of those like, there's only a few of them that you have in life, you know, those friendships where it's like instant, there is like a soul deep connection. Like him and I have had really similar journeys in our lives. Some of the things it's like we lived parallel lives when we were growing up, like the Mm. trajectory of our lives were so similar and we had so many things in common. It was just weird. We're like, this is so odd that you know we're so similar and we've had similar losses it was like we were meant to be friends and I think that it's rare to find that friendship where you develop such a deep connection so quickly but it is one of those like for life friendships and you know I feel just so grateful that we have each other like you said earlier to be able to go through this process together because it is rare and it it is such a gift I can't imagine, like, I can't imagine Sally not being in my life now. It's so strange. And you'll love this, Megan, but um, I spoke to a guy years ago who has psychic abilities and this only came up recently and it's so good, but he kind of read me years ago when we were away on a holiday and um, he said to me, and he only reminded me of this recently, I'd completely forgotten, but when he read me, he he said to me, something's going to happen and a woman is going to come into your life and change everything. And I was like, I'm not that way inclined. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I don't like, have, um, <laughs> you know, I'm very like, much happy. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, I just, I just can't imagine what this could possibly be. So I think I just shelved it and never thought of it again. And then um, he messaged me recently and he was like, oh, I just was watching some story that you did on Instagram and it just made me, remember what I'd said to you about a woman coming into your life and like changing everything. And I was like, Holy yeah. shit, Sal. <laughs> and I couldn't have imagined like how or why, but yeah, he picked yeah. that up psychically years before everything had even happened. And wild. actually I believe in Megan, all that stuff, like, by the way, I go to my psychic Tim Braun, who's been on, he's a medium and a psychic. And he's told me like unbelievable stuff. And I, and he's, he's, Oh, like very rarely wrong. And I think like going through the losses that I've gone through too, like I lost my very best friend. Um, she was my sister. She was like, you both are probably. And we like, we, sorry, she was my, and you know, what's interesting too, is I find, I don't know if I believe in past lives or I don't know how I feel on that stuff, but I do believe that people 
come into your life and you have soulmates and that could be friends that could be like husbands or wives or whatever it is. There's a, there's something that like you're drawn to with another human being. And like, I say that Julie, who's my best friend that's in heaven, um, she was my soulmate. And I believe that. And I think that that that's true. And that can be true for, you know, you have one loss in life, which was sadly your mom's, but they probably had something to do or JC, I believe in Jesus Christ, the man upstairs, who knows, who knows what it is, you know, and whatever mm-hmm. you believe, but things, there can't be coincidences like this, right? Am I wrong on that? Am I no, crazy? You're right. No, yeah. you're yeah. absolutely right. And actually in there, there's that story we should tell Megan about um the psychic so a couple of like signs that we've had if you're into this stuff because we're really into it as well and we talk okay. about it quite a lot on our pod um so we my mum was called Rose Im's mum was called Vanessa and Im and I met at a a pub in in Sydney here in Australia and it was called the Rose Hotel right that's my mum's name but then there was another wild story, Im, you tell it really well, um, that we we're just like, this This is weird. This this has yeah. to be some sort of sign. So my sister um, sees psychics as well. She She's well into that stuff like we are. And she saw a woman and um, the woman said to her, your mum is with somebody called Rose or Rosa or you know, I can't quite figure it out. And my sister's like, I don't know, like probably she brushed it away because she didn't know Sally's mum's name or anything. And then we were having lunch on Sally's mum's birthday. Me and Sal were having lunch and my sister called. And I usually don't answer the phone when I'm with someone having lunch, but I just picked up the phone anyway. And she was like, what are you up to? And I said, oh, I'm just having lunch with Sal. Um, it's her mum's birthday today. And she said, oh, what was, what's her mum's name? I said, it was Rose. And she's like, holy shit, Im. I was like, what? She goes, something's just clicked. I was like, what? She goes, do you remember when I saw that psychic? And they said that mum was with somebody called Rose, like saying that our mums were together doing something. Oh, I've got shivers. It was just, yeah, it was wild. But we've had so many psychic things. Just before we met. There's no such thing. That that stuff can't just happen. Like, right? It's just too well, it's like you weird. said, there's no such thing as a coincidence. And we've, no. we've had psychic mediums on our podcast before and they've really drummed that home and that there really is no such thing. Like we've had some really amazing signs happen to us as well. Like, yeah, we love it. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D, designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. 
I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Well, okay. So let me, let me ask you about, you're both moms, right? Am I wrong on that? I'm a mom. Sal's a dog mom. She's definitely a mom, but she's got two cavaliers. Okay, cavalier. so you're a dog mom. That counts. Yeah. That counts. Um, <laughs> I, my question was like dealing, I, I'll guess, uh, I guess I'll ask you, Im, um, you were a new mom, right? Or were your kid? Okay. So you have one. Nine month old. I had a nine month old baby. Yep. Oh God. So you were dealing with that with a nine month old baby. Yeah. I was still breastfeeding, just still really in the thick of it. And she, she wasn't a sleeper as well. So I was like in the trenches of like survival mode just from being a mom. And then I lost my mom. And yeah, my, my breast milk dried up. I couldn't, I couldn't like engage with my child. Like it was really, really hard. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what grief does to you, right? It's, Mm. um, the physical part of grieving, like, you know, the crying, the trauma, and then on top of that, being a mother and all your hormones and everything, I can't even imagine what that was like for you. Um, I was going to ask just, you know, being like your, your loved ones, like how did they feel about you two meeting and like going, I just was curious about that. They sound great. Yeah. Super supportive. Just, um, I think above anything, just glad that we'd found that person that could kind of be that support in a different way, like that grief support. And yeah, I I think everyone was super, super supportive. My partner was probably 
probably really I, happy because I could talk to Sally about my grief all the time. He, yeah, because yeah. he, <laughs> he hadn't gone through a big loss, so he couldn't relate and he couldn't, you know, he couldn't understand exactly what I was going through. So I think for him, having having the weight taken off his shoulders is probably a massive relief. But that's part of my point. It's like you know, your loved ones, if you have a partner or husband or whatever it is, like for me right now, since he's in the very beginning stages of grieving, I, you know, he's in shock, whatever. Um, I, I don't like really know the right things to say. I don't, I'm afraid to like, like say the wrong thing, walk on eggshells, like the guilt, like mm-hmm. all the things that the partner is like, what do we do? What do we say? How do like, you know what I'm saying? So to be able to do what you both did, I think is really uh, amazing. And then I wish there were, I'm not sure if that um, program is all over the, all over the world, but it's such a good idea. If you are a listener and you are looking for support and you do want to find your Sally, maybe you both know about it. Can you share if you know anybody about anything about that? Yeah. So there's actually, um, in the state specifically, there's an organization called the dinner party. It's nationwide and they do online sort of grief events and meetups and virtual dinner parties. I'm not sure if they're doing in person, um, but they're a fantastic resource. If you are looking for, you know, events obviously come and join our good morning community as well uh, we have a global you know global audience and we have a lot of listeners that are based in the states uh, but if you're looking for that sort of uh, support group then check out the dinner party motherless daughters do do have a presence in the states I think they do retreats don't they Im? and I think they do do online events yes. as well yeah run by Hope Edelman and I think Claire Bidwell-Smith as well joins her for those mm. And there's Modern Loss as well, which is a great resource in the States. Did you both go into therapy like separately, like when this happened? Like, was that something? Because I know I when one of you touched on and said, um, I was reading everything. I was I remember when you said that I was like, I remember I went to Mexico and this is when I lost Julie and I just had a bunch of books on grief. And I was like, well, where do I even begin? And just, I didn't even, I couldn't even move because I lost her very suddenly and very, it was very bad the way she passed. And, um, and I didn't know how to like move forward. So that feeling that you both felt as well. And then the reading, but just being able to go, okay, like I need help. I need to go talk to somebody. I need to do something. And to be honest with you, at that point, I never did it. I think I went to one, one psychiatrist. This was like years ago because I, I was like, well, I need to get put on an antidepressant. And it was a really bad idea for me at that time. Plus the therapist was not Mm -hmm. a good fit, which I talk about a lot is being, making sure you're, you're with the right therapist. How do you want to comment on that? I think it's really common to not go and see someone straight away. I think it can be quite daunting, especially if people haven't, you know, done therapy before. Um, they don't know what to expect. They don't know where to begin. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> I have been seeing therapists for most of my life um, because I've suffered from 
anxiety since I was about mm-hmm. 17. So therapy was not new to me. So um, I threw myself into it straight away. I knew what to do. I knew I needed to go and see my GP, get up, put on a mental health plan so I could get subsidized um, sessions. And I had about four therapists around the clock because I didn't think that I was going to survive. And I was suffering from suicidal ideation as well after my mom died. So um, to make sure that that didn't happen, I knew what I needed to do. And I, yeah, I was seeing a psychotherapist, a psychologist, um, a therapist that specializes in um, suicide loss. So (laughs) my experience was very much like therapy heavy. Like it was the only Mm -hmm. thing that I, I, yeah, I think could kind of get me through at the start. Um, Mm. I I think it is important, like you mentioned, you know, you weren't clicking with your therapist back then. It's it's important to kind of shop around a bit because there's so many therapists out there. And, you know, when you do find that right one, it's so beneficial, but Mm. there are a lot, lot, you know, a lot of therapists that, you know, you may not necessarily click with. So I think if anyone is struggling and and stuck, stuck in their suffering, like I would highly recommend mm-hmm. shopping around and speaking to your GP. Um, and also you mentioned going on antidepressants. Like I was tossing up whether to do that as well. I have been on them before for my anxiety, but um, I made the decision not to because doing all the work that we've done, you know, through grief, it's so important to feel the what feeling as mm, uncomfortable yeah. as it is. It's part of the process. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I didn't seek therapy straight away. I, I almost needed just to get through the shock and kind of come to terms with what had happened. Um, it was about seven months into my journey for me that I decided I need to speak to someone. Um, but like him, I went to the doctor and, and I was like, I think I need to go on like antidepressants. Like I can't cope with this. And, he said to me, grief, you know, you're grieving. And, and there are so many similarities, you know, a lot of people between depression and grief. Um, so he advised against it, but I think it can be quite common. And well, you know, for- I, think, I think that also for something I want, I've said in the past, I say it a lot that finding the right therapist is like dating, right? Yeah. You know, yes. right? It's yeah. going on an app yes. and dating and you're like, I mean, I've like you am. I've been um, in and out of therapy from my childhood. Suffer from anxiety, and um, and I've had some doozies of of um, psychologists or whatever, whatever it be that I've gone to. And then one day, several years ago, I met my match, which is my therapist now. I'm actually not in therapy right now, but I was for the past probably three years. And I say it saved my life and medication is something that's like a personal decision for me. I needed to be on something to get me through that really hard period. I'm not right now, but I love that you are open about talking about like how you were like, I need to do this. This is what I need to do. And it honestly, it helps other people. And to have a plan Mm -hmm. is really important. Like, you're it, when you're in such shock in the grieving process, it, it say it just happened. It's like I say this a lot. It's like taking it step by step. Like step one, this is what I'm going to do right now. Step two, I'm going to go to the refrigerator and drink a bottle of Chardonnay. I'm not saying I did that, but <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm kidding. But it's like you know what it's like to be 
like in shock and you don't know what to do and you don't, I mean, you don't know, you don't want to eat food. You don't want to get dressed. You don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. You just want to like make the pain go away, you know? Totally. And I I think it's good to go micro in those moments. You know, it's literally one foot in front of the other. That is all you can do. And, and just back to your point, like about finding the right therapist, I think sometimes we might feel people might feel like unconfident to say, you know what, this isn't the right fit for me. But you know, like we all have, we've all been through different and to see different therapists. And if it's not right, don't be afraid to go and find somebody else because it's it's so important to have that connection so so important and i think people can sometimes feel a bit afraid to make the change or you kind of think oh well, i you know this is this is it maybe i should just stick with this person but if it's not helping like one of the best things that you can do for yourself is shop elsewhere so to speak <laughs> and the yeah. other thing with grief is like it's it's so individual you know as you yeah. heard from Sal and I just then like we had very different experiences with therapy and we you know we're experiencing the same type of loss our mum um similar ages but our experiences of grief have been so different and that's important to highlight I think because we can really judge ourselves too we can be like oh should I be you know, far further along in my healing than I am now? Why is that person, you know, being able to go and see a therapist and I'm not? Like, I think we can be really hard on ourselves, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah, grief is so individual and no one's going to grieve in the same way. And um, that's really important for anyone listening as well to to know, like, there's no right or wrong way to do this either. If you don't want to see a therapist, if it doesn't feel right for you, that's absolutely fine too. What helps for one person may not help for somebody else. But yeah, our experiences, therapy has been quite helpful. Well, it's also the stages of grief. Like somebody might be in one stage for a prolonged period of time and another person skips right over a stage, but it hits them at a later point, you know? So this is is another thing. (laughs) This is another thing that we've learned um, through the work that we do. Those five stages of grief, which are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance were never actually meant for the bereaved. So they were coined by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in the 1960s. She's a Swiss psychiatrist. She's my favorite. I love her. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've read her books on death and dying and the wheel of life. Like they're the wheel of life's like one of my favorite books of all time, but go on. Yeah. (laughs) So you probably already know this, but she had based that model on people who were dying. So people who Mm -hmm. are in palliative care. So they were never originally intended for people grieving the death of someone. And we interviewed um, David Kessler, who was Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's protege. And Mm -hmm. he confirmed for us that they were never intended for the bereaved and they were never meant to be a linear kind of, you know, path that people, a framework that people use when they're grieving the loss of someone and they've, they've been misinterpreted over the years. So people are thinking, you know, I've been, I'm not feeling acceptance. Like I'm, I'm not there yet, but like acceptance isn't one big event. You know, you feel lots Mm. of little pieces of acceptance, which really just means that you're kind of coming to terms with what's happened. You don't accept, you know, what's actually happened, but um, yeah, so people can be really confused. I never knew that by the way, I've always talked about this grief. That's it. 
Well, that actually, that actually, I like that you're saying that because I think it's important actually not to say you're in whatever stage of grief because you can circle back 10 years later and still be like, I'm mad. I'm, I'm angry. angry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so angry. angry and I'm not accepting it. I mean, at some point you have to accept things because it's just part of, it's part of life. You know, this is the worst part of life, right? But it's part of life. And I'm, I just learned something really today. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. I think another, yeah. you know, another misconception with grief is that you feel sort of one emotion at a time. I think, you know, as we all know, you can feel so many things with grief and it's not just sadness, but an interesting point on the on the whole acceptance or the idea of acceptance. When we interviewed um, Hope Edelman, who is the author of several grief books, you've probably heard of her, Megan, um, but she wrote Motherless Daughters, among many others. And we were talking about acceptance. And she said, like, a good way to think about acceptance in grief is more like a train station. And it's like something that you may arrive and depart from depending on what's going on in your life. So for example, if something happens, like you become a new mum and you don't have your mum or you get married or there's some life event, you might, you might find that you move kind of into grief a little bit more and then you kind of move out of it and you accept what's happened. And then you kind of move to and from. It's not like a final destination. And I thought that was a really good way to look at it because I think we we don't necessarily always accept it, but we just learn to integrate it into our lives and, and live with it. But it's not this kind of final like, right, I've accepted it and I've now moved on with my life. And I think that's really important to highlight because people can put pressure on themselves to feel like you've got to reach some final point with grief. Mm. And it's just really not the case. I think that's so important. And I love that you said that because um, one of you, I don't know who told me they listened to my episode with my mom. Um, me, that you, yeah. Allie? Okay. Really so powerful. You, by the way. But I'm thinking about how hard that must have been for you to listen to that because of your own experience with losing your mother. For me, I lost my dad. So if I were to have listened to a podcast with a father and a daughter, for example, I, you, when I say ugly cry, I'm, I did start to ugly cry in the beginning of the episode, but I caught myself and I didn't ugly cry, but I'm shocked that I haven't. But I, I legitimately will like sob sometimes on these episodes because- yeah. I am still grieving and I don't think like hearing you say that about the train station and like that I don't need to be in these stages of, of like anger, whatever it is, I think is, is like eye opening. And you've taught me so much today mm -hmm. that I am always going to, I'm always going to be in pain or there's always going to be a memory of, I mean, I lost my dad at 13, but I like, you know, I can, this is a story. One time I was on an airplane and I am very spiritual and like, kind of like, you know, like feel things really deeply. And I was, I was looking out. I hate, I'm a bad flyer, by the way, I hate flying. And I looked out the wing and I saw my dad, like, not like there's a milk maiden on the wing from bridesmaids. Like I wasn't <laughs> drinking, I was totally sober, but like, I looked I in the reflection because I was so such a bad flyer and so scared to fly. I saw my dad's face and I heard him. He I heard his voice 
and I hadn't heard his voice. This was several years ago since I was like 12 years old, like hadn't. And I couldn't remember his voice, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have like voicemails or like you want, you're dying to hear their voices, right? Anything Mm -hmm. you can like hold on to. And so it's interesting you say that because I will always be grieving, but Mm -hmm. I've gotten to a place where now I might cry a little bit, but I might also smile because I have that memory. And I really believe that was him talking to me. And then after that, honestly, I wasn't that afraid to fly anymore. Isn't that crazy? How amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, it was the weirdest thing. It was, it was the crazy, one of the craziest like memories of my life. So, and I wasn't drinking and I wasn't like on edibles. I was totally fine and sober. And that really happened. And I really believe that was him. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I'm trying to think like what my, <laughs> I got like sidetracked by your story because I'm kind of in awe of the I, whole I think, story with the train. Yeah. I think it's like, it's so important. Um, you know, as you mentioned that, yeah, grief, it, it doesn't disappear, you know, and I think mm-hmm. people who haven't experienced loss can often think that it's just something we can tick off a to-do list. Like, oh, I've grieved, now I'm back to normal or I've gotten mm-hmm. over what's happened to me, but that's far from reality. And um, another thing that Hope Edelman taught us, she's written a book called The After Grief. So she's coined that term for like, you've got the the initial raw grief, you know, when you've just, you, it's, it's just happened, you know, that can even last for a couple of years years, a few years, like the shock, all of that, while you, while you try to come to terms with what's happened. And then you've Mm -hmm. got the after grief, which is the grief that you're left with for the rest of your life. And so when, you know, big events happen and, you know, moments like that on the plane, when you, when you see your dad or just, just anything that reminds you of your loss, like it is still grief. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, you may not be crying all the time, you know, you may not be a mess on the floor, but you're still grieving, even if, even if you're not crying, you know, and I think mm. people, people don't understand that unless they've gone through it themselves. So yeah, grief is a forever thing. It's not something that you'll ever get over. We learn to live with it. And that's just the reality of it. Well, because we're never going to see them again. Like that's exactly. the reality, you know, like yeah. holding on to a voicemail or like, you know, recording that episode with my mom. Selfishly, I even said it in the episode, like someday... I hope this will last so my kids can listen to it. And, you know, mm. and I would still have a recording like that with my dad, you know? So mm. let yes. me like, let me pivot really quickly and ask you about um, COVID and like, because to have to go through the, the losses that you went through um, during COVID, right? It was in the, mm. it was right before COVID, correct? So 2019? Yeah. Okay. Late, and then, yeah, late 2019 and early 2020. Okay. So bef- it was before lockdowns and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mine and was then, like on the cusp, I think maybe a, a week after mum died or a couple of, no, it was probably like a month after mum died, it went into lockdown. So it was like mm. pretty, pretty early so on. The reason why I'm asking this is because this is a really I think important point why you decided you were let, like like I say blessed but blessed enough to have to be on the process of the grieving train if you will with each other mm-hmm. and then 
being in isolation in COVID and all the craziness of COVID and then saying, well, what can we do? Like, what can we do with this? Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to like shut down and let ourselves be beaten up and like sit in our houses or our apartments? Or what are we going to do? Are we going to let's start a podcast? Mm-hmm. How did that kind of go? Because I that's kind of what happened to me. Like my thing was like, I like somebody randomly, oh, it was my therapist was like, well, Megan used to be an actress, like you're funny, like, you should do something with this. And I was like, well, what do I do? I didn't even know what a podcast was. I had a friend that had a podcast. I called her. I was like, I want to start a podcast. She's like, you should. And that's literally how it happened. It was like me saying, I'm not, I'm not going to let this take me down. I'm going to come back and I'm going to give back and I'm going to do this to help other people. Tell me about your experiences with that and like what you, how you came up with the idea of the podcast. Well, firstly, you're doing an amazing job. So it was meant to be that you were meant to to start your pod. Um, we, so I think we both found a lot of solace in listening to podcasts after our mums died and obviously grieving in isolation during lockdown. It was a real, you know, a bit of a, a lifeline to be able to hear the stories of others. Um, and that's something that, that got us through, you know, that connection and knowing that you're not alone in this. Um, so when we became, became friends and we were talking about, you know, how lonely grief is and, and all of the things that, you know, are you going through this? And what about the exhaustion and, you know, the anxiety and all the things that we don't really talk about? Um, and we were kind of like, isn't it wild that we all go through grief? No one is exempt from it. We all experience it. Yet as a society, it's still quite taboo to talk about. So that was where we kind of decided, like, let's start a podcast that talks about grief, but with honesty, with humor, in the hope that it will help other people feel less alone in their grieving journey. You know, we know that a lot of people were coping with loss because of COVID and because of, you know, grieving in isolation. So let's do something that can help others, but but talk about it in a in a way that's really honest and raw, much like your podcast, Megan. I love it. I love it. What about you, Em? Give me your feedback on that. I love interviewing two people, by the way. <laughs> kind of like a tennis match, right? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Back, back onto the COVID lockdowns, like I, I was so traumatized that I couldn't even give COVID a thought, which is really crazy to think about. Like I'm a warrior. I'm an overthinker. I get obsessed about the news and everything that's going on. But like, I was just not so far, not on this planet that I, I couldn't even comprehend what COVID, what was happening with COVID, which mm-hmm. It's just, it's crazy to think about now. And I remember when I started to come out of the cloud of my grief and I was like, holy shit, like we've been living through this. Like this is, the magnitude of it is just horrendous. And I just, I wasn't on this planet. So I think in a sense, like the lockdowns kind of helped me recluse a bit and not have to put on a brave face and and go out and see the world and pretend like mm-hmm. I was okay because I was so far from okay. So yeah. that was my personal experience with grieving during a, a pandemic. Um and I guess like yeah, on a selfish note, like doing the podcast for me gave me a lifeline, to be honest. Like I was so, so just, yeah, I just couldn't see a way out of my situation. I couldn't, I couldn't see the light. I couldn't see hope for the future and good morning 
gave me that. It gave me mm-hmm. purpose. It, I'm going to get emotional. It gave me something to focus on. Um, it gave me something to connect with my mum on, on a level that I could, you know, just keep talking about her and, and, um, yeah, on a, on a really selfish level, I think it, it saved my life doing this podcast. Um, I didn't think I'd cry today. <laughs> um, that's what happened. <laughs> I'm already crying too, but I'm going to oh. tell you that you both are like, first of all, can we please be friends? I'm always friends. I, there, I've never interviewed somebody. I don't knock on wood, watch me have like somebody come on that I, I have become friends with so many of my guests. And, um, and you both just inspire me so much. I cannot wait to listen to your, like your podcast. I, cause you kind of, this was very last minute, by the way, for my audience. Um, I had a spot open and Sally had reached out to me and the, and we just connected and I was like, will you both come on? Like I have a slot that happened to open up. And so that's why I haven't listened. Usually I'll listen because I love what you're doing. And I think it's so important. And then on top of that, to, to turn around like M, like with your pain, like that's what I did. And Sally, that's what I did. And like for my listeners, like sorry, I'm going to cry too. If you are in a dark place, like the three of us, and you are going through pain, there is always like, I try to say this all the time, keep going, like keep going. And, and like, there's people out there, like there's the groups we talked about the dinner party, uh, um, mother, what is it? Mothers and daughters, Mo- mothers, motherless for, daughters, motherless daughters. There's th- there's people out there, and there's reasons to keep going. And use your talents, use your gifts, use the ability to like your friendships or your hearts that you both have, and the love that you have, and the compassion, because you might be going through this loss right now, like M or Sally. And, and you're living in a hopeless, hopeless place. And then you go into a group or your coffee or whatever, and you never know, you might meet your friend's soulmate. Mm -hmm. So you got to keep going. And I am just honored, beyond honored to meet you both. I love your accents. You both are the cutest things I've ever seen in my whole life. We're now best friends. I'm coming to Australia. I'm planning my trip right now. You better introduce some cute surfers. Just kidding, I'm married. Um, but I, I'm, I adore you both. And I'm so grateful for you coming on. And um, in closing... I say every podcast, be happy by making other people happy. My dad used to say it. And so you both are doing that. Keep doing the work. And it's an honor to know you. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.